orgasms, tantra, sexuality, yoga, nipples, loads of stuff is going to be discussed today with Jenny Keane. Uh, who else could it be on those subject matters but Jenny Keane? Before we get into that, let me bring you the two sponsors that help to support this podcast. First, we have The Nature of Things, beautifully crafted essential oils. This month, actually, they've just released their own diffusers made from recycled bamboo fibers available in six different colors. So if you'd like to get yourself some pure essential oils and maybe a diffuser, maybe even a gift set, visit thenatureofthings.ie, put in the promo code YOGALIFE and you get 10% off all products. That's Yoga Life, 10% off all products when you visit the nature of things. The other sponsor we have is Small Changes, organic, eco-friendly store here in Dublin. They look after the environment, they help to look after the people that go there and visit Pada who owns the shop. Uh, they don't have an online offering, so if you'd like to buy your fruit, your veg, your household products, go and check out Small Changes in Drumcondra. If you'd like to come to one of my events, the next one I've got is a live podcast with Patrick Beach. That is this Saturday. The date would be October 5th. Yes, Saturday evening, October 5th. That's in Yoga Hub in Camden Court. There's tickets still available uh, on my website. And also, if you'd like to learn how to handstand, come to Sligo on December 14th, which is a Saturday for my workshop in Salt and Soul in Strand Hill in Sligo. All information for all events can be found on Kevin Boy Yoga. Just go to the events and retreats tab and you'll find everything you need to know there. So Jenny doesn't need much intro. She's uh, been on the podcast twice before and uh, I had a blast on this one. It's actually the longest episode I've ever recorded. Uh, I plan to do a lot more talks with Jenny um, because she's phenomenal. And if you find joy and help from this podcast this episode please share it with your friends on your instagram stories and maybe leave a review on itunes in this special episode we actually answer some uh, questions some listener questions which i'm going to do more of as well so um yes hope you enjoy it and uh, if you do please let people know <music> How are you? I'm fantastic. Yeah. yeah, really, really happy. You know, before before we uh, press record, um, it seems like this episode is going to be uh, one about relationship advice, <laughs> one about <laughs> advice on sexuality, sensuality, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, because since we spoke, like was what, three months ago, mm -hmm. um, you had a great idea about making this a bit more interactive and saying to people, if you have any questions for Jenny that, 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 um, to ask. And I think that it, that's really important, especially for what you specialize in, because the workshop you, you did recently, um, I think some, it's quite a, a new topic or one, if, especially for Ireland and there's a lot of, um, curiosity around it. Um, and fear. <laughs> and fear. <laughs> Let's yeah. be honest and worry. You and know. fear and worry. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of questions where like, what's actually happening in the workshop? People are like afraid that they're going to come and everyone's going to be naked and like sticking their fingers up their vagina, you know? <laughs> okay. Okay. Hold <laughs> so actually, let, let, let's start with, let's start with, um, <laughs> what's a workshop? No, let's start with um, the workshop itself. So what's it called? Orgasm. <laughs> there you go and to the, the uninitiated what does the workshop involve at, at a high level okay a high oh a high level as, as opposed to because we'll get into the nitty gritty yeah, yeah. that's not the right, right so <laughs> best choice of yes. words <laughs> i mean okay ultimately like what this is is it's it's working on many different levels first of all it's the sex education you never received and then some okay so we talk about it not just in terms of like uh you know what's happening biologically and what's happening in the body but then also what's happening energetically as well because as you know like I have a huge passion for yoga and everything that I do is always has this kind of energetic and kind of yogic um uh, kind of sheet on top of it you know and ultimately what this is is just another way to connect to yourself on a very deep and very profound level yeah mm. it's talking about connection you know, and not only to yourself, but also to how you relate, you know, in the world, also to your partners, to not even just your partners, but also, you know, your family, your friends. Um, mm. You know, because ultimately this work, you know, when we talk about sexuality, uh, it's very, it's a very personal, intimate journey towards yourself, mm. discovering who you are, how you feel, what your desires are. And, you know, uh, when we talk about desire, it's this very, um, well, I want to say very tender, vulnerable place, you know? Mm -hmm. So that would yeah. be at a very deep level. Yeah. What would you say is the main questions you get before you do the workshop like that people ask? For example, I do handstand workshops and people <laughs> ask me, the most common question is, do you need to be able to handstand to come to the workshop? And my answer is no, because if you could handstand, there'd be no point in coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should probably be teaching their workshop. Um, so that's a, a very straightforward question for a straightforward workshop. Yeah. What what so are the do common? Do I get the question? What of, kind of, do I need to be able to orgasm before? I can <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what, what's the what kind of questions do you get people asking? I mean, you? it's mostly around uh, the kind of nervousness, maybe about like, well, what's actually happening and you know what will we be doing uh this kind of stuff so it's just it's mostly around this to be honest you know a mm. lot of women are very curious and so sometimes i begin explaining and then they're like okay never mind just sign me up you know <laughs> um yeah and so as i said it's very much just around you know as i said it's like the sex education we never spoke about i mean mm. you know if we think about sex education if we even received it you know, in Ireland, mm. um, what you received or what you were thought about was very much around this kind of the risk factor of mm. sex. Mm. And so you're talking about all the STIs you can contract. You're talking about all the diseases that are around here. You're also talking about pregnancy and really funny, okay, because they'll tell you that, oh, Jesus, you could get pregnant, but they won't tell you what happens or what you should do 
when you get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so generally the first time a woman starts to figure out like or even ask the question, oh, what do I do now? It's when they are pregnant. Yeah. And suddenly they're kind of like, oh, God, what do I do? I have to start exercising. Do I have to take certain supplements? Where do I go? What do I turn to? And a lot of women become almost like headless chickens, you know, mm. in this kind of area because we aren't taught this, but we are taught about all the risk factors. And now, you know, in in certain countries, and they are getting much better now, like England, the NHS has a, a sex education program now. Um, in Belgium, very progressive. They not only have a sex educational program, but like the way we would have had sports weeks in school, they have like a week long uh, uh a week that's dedicated to talking about sex, you know, Mm. and not just talking about sex, but also talking about touch, intimacy, connection. Yeah. Mm. And so talking about all of this, uh, and I mean, imagine if we received that kind of education in school, uh, consent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We would be having a very different conversation right now, you know? And so. Is this in Belgium, did you say? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. And they do that in school? Yes. Oh my God, that's mm-hmm. incredible. It's amazing. It's really, really amazing. And so this work that I'm uh, doing right now, I'm really, I'm passionate about it, you know, because when we talk about orgasm, we're not just talking about orgasm. We're not just talking about sex. I mean, sexuality, uh, the act of sex is only 1% of sexuality. Yeah. We're also talking about pleasure yeah. and we're also talking about desire and think about it like, our bodies as women, as men are hardwired for pleasure, not just around our genitals, our entire body. And not just this, but all systems function better in pleasure. Mm. You know, I was telling women this last night in the previous workshop that when you just have 30 seconds of fun, okay, and this could be anything like dancing like crazy, what's happening here is your body is being, your blood is pumping, yeah, your body is being flooded with nitric oxide. And what's happening is neurotransmitters are being released, better indoors which are the kind of feel-good factor in the body, are flooding you. And not only this, you also have prolactin. And prolactin is like the bonding or connecting agent. So after only 30 seconds of fun, like really 30 seconds, you not only feel good, like much, much better, you also feel connected. And not only that, hopefully you feel hot and fabulous. (laughs) Okay. This is just like going crazy. You can do this by dancing, you know, and just kind of going... You know, yeah, get some yeah. good music on, and uh, and this is what's happening. And and what mm. what is happening when our body is flooded with all of these beautiful hormones? We feel good about ourselves. Mm. You know, you start to feel uh, less stressed. Mm. You know, your body like look at people's faces like they become plump and flush and glowing. <laughs> your skin gets shinier. Your hair gets shinier. This is like the biochemistry of bliss. Mm. You know that we could talk about, mm. and uh, and ultimately when we're talking about pleasure and talking about desire, we're talking about what it feels like to be deeply alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're not just talking about like, you know, let's get down, let's like grind some naked bodies against each other, you know, and or let's just like stick our fingers up ourselves and go for it, you know, hell for leather until we have a, you know, attention release orgasm and finally relax and go to sleep. We're talking about what, you know, when you feel desire, You don't necessarily have to act on it. Maybe I can speak about that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But what you're saying is what your body is saying to you, like this kind of pulse of aliveness begins to open up through you. And what it's saying is, can you feel how deeply alive you are, that you are vibrant, that you are vital, 
And can you respond to it? Mm. Yeah. And so this is what we're saying, you know, because ultimately, Kevin, you know, if I was to ask you at the end of your life, you know, what gave you pleasure? What were the moments that made you feel pleasure or made you feel good? Like, what are the moments you remember? Mm. Are, you, what, are you asking what me? What will you say? Yeah. Are you asking me now? Yeah, say it. Imagine now you're really old. It's in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are the things that made me feel really good? Like, yeah. yeah. What, like, look back on your life. Like, what can you say, like, you know, about your life? What were the moments you remembered? Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, not specifically, but like one thing I really treasure is laughing very hard. Mm. Like I will, if I'm not watching, um, I spend, you know, I spent, we, I think more and more we spend more time on our own. So I love when I'm interacting with people and you have that belly laugh that you really get. Mm -hmm. Or I simply like to watch something funny on YouTube just for five minutes that I know is going to make me really laugh. And I think simple things like laughter it, uh, is, is so important. Um, but in terms of pleasure, I, I, I don't know. I can't really think of, about that because it's I haven't had time to reflect on like what no but not even pleasure okay uh but just close your eyes now okay okay imagine you're a very old man mm -hmm. okay or even just imagine yourself now looking back on your life what are the moments that stand out for you mm. so the most recent one is t uh, teaching on the teacher training uh, two weekends ago Mm -hmm. That was a pivotal moment for me, standing in front of people, essentially realizing that my purpose now in life is to communicate, is to help people um, to maybe take control of their lives a bit more similar to as I have. Okay, now don't go into the story, go into the feeling and now mm -hmm. go beyond that and into another moment. Into another moment, okay. Mm. sounds daft but um like making my mum a sandwich mm -hmm. yeah okay keep <laughs> I, going because yeah she always likes when i cook for her so like, amazing um keep going yeah uh, <laughs> and so another f moment that makes me i can reflect on that makes me happy um probably well God, this is like, like my dad's saying that he's, I've grown pretty close to my dad lately. Um, and I think it's because I've become my own man. You know, I'm not like, a, feel like a slave to a boss. I, I'm, I'm carving out my own path and my dad really respects that because um, he did the same himself in a different field. And that gives me a lot of satisfaction to see the way he looks at me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and that, that and I see that as that is deep pleasure because yeah. um, the these are I don't know there's a, there's almost like a, a feeling it's not words necessarily but it's a connection I get connection. from my mum my dad yeah. or um, people that I'm now uh, interacting with. Mm -hmm. Yes, and so connection is a huge part of your pleasure and that you derive from life. This is the thing. When we talk about pleasure, sometimes we automatically think that we're referring to these moments where we have, like they think, you know, pleasure is sex. Yeah, like when I say, hey, Kevin, I'm going to take a pleasure break now for 15 minutes and then I'm going to come back to you. You're going to be like a little bit suspicious because like it's like we think it's about sex, you know. Mm -hmm. What if I'm just going to go downstairs and dance my ass off mm -hmm. for 15 minutes? What if I'm going to go outside and take a run, you know? Mm -hmm. 
excuse me. So it's these moments that make us feel very deeply alive. And very interestingly, sex doesn't always mean pleasure. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So it's, you know, when you're, think about it, like when you go outside, you know, you go for a walk in nature. Yes. When you feel vibrant, when you feel alive, you know, when there's blood pulsing through your body, when you see a, a beautiful picture, a beautiful woman. Yeah. So all of these moments that make you feel for a moment what's happening yeah mm -hmm. to expand yourself in pleasure so we need first of all to like you know redefine what pleasure looks like mm -hmm. yeah and uh, and these are the moments like you're not going to look back on your life and remember the time that you worked really really late that night because you had to get stuff done mm -hmm. you know you won't you'll remember the times that you spent uh you know, with your children, when you're exhausted and your, 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 you know, baby crawls up into you and says like, oh, please just one more story. And you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then suddenly you find the power to do it and you feel, you know, your child resting against your skin and complete relaxation and your body is flooded, you know, um, you'll remember those moments, you know, mm -hmm. you'll remember the time like that. Yeah. Like that you laughed nonstop until you started to cry and your belly was sore the next day. Mm -hmm. You'll remember when you spent the night dancing with your friends and like had feet to prove it the next day. <laughs> These are the things you'll remember, mm -hmm. you know. So now it's starting to move towards like really, uh, you know, because we are going through and this is why I'm so passionate about it. We are going through an epidemic, an international epidemic of people who feel lonely, who feel depressed, who are experiencing huge bouts of anxiety, who are experiencing self-doubt, self-confidence or lack of self-confidence and uh, self-depreciation. Mm -hmm. all of these things yeah. and the power of pleasure and taking pleasure as a practice can start to fill and really aliven your 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 life in so many areas not just sexually but in all aspects of your life mm -hmm. you know yeah i think i was i was talking about this recently about this epidemic of anxiety that people mm -hmm. experience and i i my theory is that anxiety is similar to excitement or uh, extreme energy that we haven't been able to channel mm. uh, because we spend too much time on our own and we don't we essentially instead of being stressed about maybe uh, a predator hunting us we get stressed about what someone might be saying about us on social media and it, it's, these are things that are too um i think modern life is is we're not hardwired for modern life just yet. We haven't caught up to it. And I, I believe that uh, what I do is I fill my head with, so, so I was saying to you earlier, I get up at like 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't choose to, but I just wake up and I want to get up. And I will put on Tony Robbins in my ears. I have mm -hmm. Bluetooth, so I don't wake anyone up. I walk around, uh, listen to Tony Robbins as I'm making my coffee in the morning. And essentially... Um, but all of these things I'm doing, Je Jenny, is because I think deep down inside of me, I, and I'm sure a lot of people like this as well, I want my parents to be proud of me deep down. And I want to be completely financially independent. And when I have a family, to be able to really look after them and to be, and again, I don't really care if this is wrong or right and what people think about this, but my idea of what, makes me happy mm -hmm. is that I can give value and I can look after people. I, I, when I say people, to be more specific, a wife, kids, 
maybe my mum and dad if I ever have enough money to do that or whatever or with my mum and dad it's more like just spending more time with them Mm. you know and actually listening to them Mm. sitting down listening to them and um so so I I think like what you're saying about you know you won't you won't remember the bits where you stayed up late or not at night and worked hard you won't definitely not but I think we do these things for so that we can um maybe give ourselves an opportunity to experience uh, pleasure. Like I wouldn't feel good unless I've I, I worked hard. Like I like going to bed at night thinking I, I worked really hard today. Yeah. And, and, and that gives me pleasure. Yeah. So. And this is because this is important. It's an important aspect of life to feel safe. You know, to feel secure. Mm. If you can feel these things, you know, then, and this is also within relationships as well. If you can feel these things, then the other side of it is easier. Yeah. yeah. But the problem is, is that both things are equally as important. And even right now in relationships, this is what we're searching for. We're looking for this kind of thing, this almost like this juxtaposition, you know, we're looking for safety, security, continuity. Mm-hmm. But Oh, do I have to repeat that again? No, no, no. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, safety, security, continuity, but we're Mm -hmm. also looking for excitement, mystery, Mm -hmm. yeah, seduction. Mm -hmm. We're also looking for these things. Um, and, and they're kind of on two ends of the scale. And so now it's about how do you marry them together, you know, mm. in a way that uh, is sustainable in your life. Yeah, I, and I think that that's a really good point that uh, how do you find balance in terms of um, it's good to be, say, for example, I, I value myself on how much knowledge I can have in my head and give to other people and therefore I'm needed and I, my, I have... Um, you have purpose. A purpose. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I have purpose. But while that is important, I understand that I also should be just uh, as attentive to creating adventure in my life, mystery, mm-hmm. spontaneity, mm-hmm. instead of I'm the guy that gets up every morning at 4 or 5 a.m. and I do this every day and I always practice yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that is... T- going too much towards I'm not exploring other things that could make my life more fulfilling yeah like I can't remember the last time I went for a hike for example and Mm -hmm. I say I will all the time instead what I do is I get up and I do my my I keep on the path of what I feel is building a better future for me and hopefully the people I can support instead of just saying one day do you know what I'm going to go and hike up a mountain and just for the hell of it yeah and i probably should introduce a bit more of that into my life yes because it's so important <laughs> do you know i love watching uh the dead poet society because robin williams is amazing in it and he says this stuff so it's exactly what we're talking about now this idea for like uh striving and achievement and having goals these are so important and necessary in our lives and he even says this you know like uh i can't i'm not going to say the exact quote now on the top of my head but he says these things you know science and medicine and economics these things are important and vital to sustaining life but poetry Mm. music Mm -hmm. dancing these are the things that we live for because Mm. we're human you know and this is like uh this is this is yeah what makes our our world move Mm. and again it's about to have both of these yes yeah and i think I, i am guilty of 
doing something for an outcome often mm -hmm. i want things to be measured so that i know if i'm getting better at them and um and this progress whereas sometimes like poetry there isn't progress in poetry you just simply enjoy it mm -hmm. and experience that and um yeah i think that's that sorry go on. yeah no no that's this yeah. is perfect and this is the same <laughs> thing that we have as well in sex you know like and this is why i did or the first workshop i did were around orgasm because mm. even sex we have this goal orientated idea towards sex you know even with the uh, orgasm there's like this achievement that needs to be had that actually the act of sex is just two people rubbing off each other until one person has an orgasm and then it's like now we're done, mm -hmm. you know, um, whereas, you know, if you talk about like they talk about like all these numbers and things like 90 percent of us are having sex for pleasure. Well, who's actually getting pleasure from it there, you know? And so, you know, if it's not about procreation. Mm -hmm. So you have to start looking at all. First of all, breaking down the barriers around this, you know, when we talk about orgasm. <clears throat> I mean, they talk about it as being. Do you mind if I, I've just jumped straight into orgasm now? Is that what? okay? Do I if you want to talk about I'm orgasms? Gonna, I'm just, yeah, I'm just like, go, yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going for it. Eh? Yeah, it's so good. Okay. Yeah, because we talk about orgasms. <laughs> there's, no, there's, no there's no structure here. I know. As long as we answer the people's questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which, which we will do. Let's but go keep on. the time. <laughs> no, 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 it's all, no, it's all good. No, go, yeah. go orgasms. So orgasms, go. yeah. So we talk about <laughs> orgasms and, uh, and first of all, you know, you know, you read about this stuff in magazines and they say like the orgasm and you're kind of like, which orgasm and why are they only talking about one here you know because we have this very limited uh, view on what even an orgasm is you know in science they will tell you that an orgasm is a uh, rhythmic involuntary contractions yeah so rhythmic involuntary contractions <laughs> <It's not very laughs> so uninspiring <laughs> yeah so uninspiring and so limited okay tell me right now <clears throat> name as many orgasms as you know that a woman can have I'm so putting you on the spot. I name as many orgasms as I, a woman can have. As a woman can have. Um, no, I'm glad you asked because <laughs> this is my area. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Now. So you got uh, orgasm number one. That's the first yeah. one. <laughs> okay. So let me actually have a think. Um, I mean, can you give me a clue? Okay. So one like a clitoral <laughs> orgasm. Oh, you mean anatomically speaking? Well, that or whatever. Okay. So, I mean, what... <laughs> Okay, I get it. I, I, I can't even say because I'm too embarrassed, but uh, <laughs> okay. I can't. I mean, okay, I'm gonna help I, you. I, there's only, I mean, it seems like there's two options up the front or up the back. And, <gasps> and, I, I, and I would say God disagrees with the latter option, so you stick with the former. Oh my God. I don't know, no. Jen. I'm fishing. God it. wants us to fully experience <laughs> pleasure. This is also the path of Tantra to lift everything towards the divine, even anal sex it's possible yeah so let's talk about orgasms right okay so different types of orgasms clitoral orgasm g-spot orgasm which also kind of encompasses squirting orgasms cervical orgasm full body orgasm now let's get into exercise corgasm okay so this is where you have like you can have like these uh, contractions that start in and around like exercise because of the abdominal core work that you have and then suddenly you can go into an orgasm skin orgasms what do they look like goosebumps riding up and down the body like waves energetic orgasms that feel like shivers moving up your spine now you start to talk about then uh you know orgasms that you can 
have through sound also as well throat orgasms orgasms that uh, oh nipple orgasms amazing ladies if you've never had a nipple orgasm or you think your nipples are not sensitive it is simply because you haven't sensitized them so then we also have mental orgasms that we can close our eyes and bring ourselves to pleasure simply with imagination. There are so many types of orgasms and the list continues, okay? So to say now that an orgasm is a rhythmic involuntary contraction is utter fucking bullshit. What about for fellas? Okay, for fellas, there are different things, right? So we know that we have the ejaculation or the, the kind of orgasm that leads to an ejaculation, okay? So this is very similar to a clitoral orgasm in uh, a man, uh, or sorry, in a woman. And so this is considered to be a tension release orgasm. Mm. Okay, also for women as well. Um, and so this is generally uh, done or had feeling, you know, where you have a kind of a build up towards like this kind of climax, a release. And now there's a feeling of completion. And we all know this, okay, when men have this, it's like they're done, they roll over, they go to sleep and you're kind of like, okay, are you going to at least finger me? You know, <laughs> okay, maybe even just a small touch here and there. Okay, so it's this kind of thing. There's generally completion. It is very possible for men to have all of these orgasms as well. So maybe not the kind of G-spot orgasm. There are other orgasms that men can have internally through the anus and also in and around the prostate and all this kind of stuff. And then you also have as well the same thing. Skin orgasm, nipple orgasms for men are also really? possible. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, yeah. I could tell you some stories. I, I, can't, very I, I, can't, I can't actually feel, uh, feel my nipples. Because they haven't been sensitized. No, Jenny. No, hold on a second. Let me finish the story. No, because no. I had an operation when I was 16 and the surgeon actually cut through them by accident. Mm. Um, so that they're, all my nerve endings in my chest are dead. But anyway, that's another story. They're, okay, so maybe they're dead. Unless you someone... can also rewire the, bro the body. You can rewire the body. The body is amazing. You already know this, Kevin. It's possible to bring sensation and different nerve endings into these areas and it just takes stimulation. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I, I think maybe there is a, a mental block with things like that. I, I think yes. I think as well, I mean, without going into, low, well, I mean, I have nothing to hide really, but I, uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've not decided. I'm pretty straightforward. Like mm -hmm. I, basically, I could, one orgasm is like all that would, I would concern me. The whole up the bum and all that kind of stuff that, that doesn't interest me. And, and I may be, I know, I know it does for some fellas and that's perfectly fine. Um, but here's a question for you. And, and, and then we can go back to what you're talking about. If I'm going off track here, why do people make a noise when they have an orgasm? Is there any kind of evolutionary reason behind that? I mean, some people make noises when they orgasm and some people are very silent and it really depends. More people make noises because if you think about, you know, uh, even this is most to like our desires um, uh, and 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 all of this is that essentially our desires and what we think sex should look like, feel like and even sound like has been hijacked. Mm. And so we are constantly flooded with all of these things. So sometimes women and men don't actually want to make a noise when they orgasm. However, they think that they have to, otherwise the other person won't know that they're in pleasure. Mm -hmm. Now, there are other things, you know, when we talk about um, 
uh, energetic. We and we're looking at the the anatomy of a woman. Um, in Taoism, they believe, uh, like tantric Taoism, they believe that the vaginal canal is also uh, connected to the throat. Okay, mm -hmm. and so here we have like sensations like that are connected together, and so express expression is just one way to release energy. Oh, okay, you know, like like, makes sense. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now I'm releasing energy, you know. Yeah. So that's uh, one thing, yeah. Have you uh, read Christopher Ryan's Sex at Dawn? No. Have you heard about that? No. V very controversial book about <laughs> how um, he says a lot of things that are controversial. And his theory behind why men make a sound when they have an orgasm that's quite loud generally is because it signals to other males that they are finished reproducing with the woman and other males can do mm. afterwards um and basically christopher ryan talks about us as very much as animals and how um like monogamy is not natural and that type of thing and a lot of people have been resistant against it um so yeah i i'd recommend christopher ryan he's actually brilliant as well in terms mm. of he's a brilliant man um and if you ever watch a podcast that he's on he has great stories as well uh, he so he tells he educates through telling really interesting um stories oh, i mean he yeah. he's married and uh, he seems very happily married um but uh, some of the stuff to me is that's a funny thing to say kevin because we never know what's happening that's true. from the outside that's true that's very <laughs> true yeah um and I'm sure some people that are famous say they're happily married because they probably know it's more marketable, you know, to be like, oh, he's a, a married man and therefore he's more trustworthy. I imagine that that is, that is a thing with, with famous people. But um, I'm not saying Christopher Ryan isn't happily married, but we don't know, <laughs> as you said. Um, but yeah, so some, of the, some of the things that he comes out with make me feel a bit uncomfortable because I'm so, I was brought up in a very Catholic upbringing, you know, mm -hmm. and the thought of, want of a better word sharing your woman with other men to me is like unspeakable yeah. um but yeah yeah christopher ryan sex of dawn is, is an interesting yeah. book um i mean that's also very interesting to say as well because i mean this is also as well uh there's so many different kind of points of view around this and we can talk about you know not wanting to share your woman with other uh men you know from the point of view that if you even look at with a standpoint of what sex was you know years ago like sex was generally in marriage you know mm. and that this was uh very much around the kind of uh, goal of creating heirs yeah mm -hmm. and to pass down your property and your land to and so the man uh needed to know that like who you know who his heirs were yeah you know and so therefore the woman was only allowed to be in that relationship sexually because otherwise if she was with everyone else then mm -hmm. how does he know who, who, whose child is his. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas it was very acceptable in this day and age for men to go around and to be with other women, you know, even out, even within marriage as well, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, when it comes to monogamy versus polyamory and like multiple partners and things like this, you know, it's very beautiful to explore all of these. Um, and, uh, but, you know, even within monogamy, um, you know, you, we have all experienced ourselves this thing that happens uh, very naturally over a period of time where we all fall into a habit and a pattern and a rhythm of existing. Okay. And so we don't uh, take the time to connect anymore because we think, oh, 
well, we already know this person, but you know, as well as I know that all of us, all of the time are continually growing and continually changing. And so most of the time in relationships, there's no kind of check-in point. Mm -hmm. There's no kind of thing of saying like, okay, where are we at? What does our relationship look like right now? How do you feel in our relationship? What do you want? How, are there things that you would like to explore that we aren't doing now? Is there anything that I could be doing? Is there anything that you would like to be expressing and uh, sharing in this relationship? We don't have these conversations until we get to a crisis point. Mm. And at that point, we're generally so under pressure and so stressed that now there's no room for creativity because uh it's it's kind of like a business you know it's like this it really is you know it's like there's no room once mm -hmm. uh, for creativity come in because you're no longer uh, uh because you're under under pressure yeah, and yeah. you're stressed yeah. you know and so uh it's really important to keep these conversations going and to keep them open you know this is like so important when it comes to relationships like saying hey and and you know this is the thing that we don't really talk about as well you know like you know even if you are monogamous, okay, it is very possible that you are going to be in a relationship and find yourself suddenly attracted to other women, okay? I'm saying you because and women because this is your orientation yes, right now and your fine. sexual preference. And so, um, and you will find yourself attracted to other women. And now some people then begin to feel, oh, this means now that my relationship is going sour, okay? But what if instead, because it's, this is part, this is part of nature, it's normal it's nice to enjoy you know um what you know the world has to offer but then instead of acting on it because you know you don't have to always act on your desires and what makes you aroused instead of acting on it maybe you are able to come home into your relationship and say i'm having this feeling i'm having this um i'm noticing that i'm being attracted to other women and these are the things that i'm attracted to them and instead you can take this desire and put put it into and between the relationship that you have right now with that person. And then this becomes another way to connect, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's kind of like, you yeah. know, it's, and then this, this is again, allows both of you to continue the journey of growing and exploring and discovering together. It's kind of like dinner, you know, like if you were to only have potatoes for the rest of your life, okay, you'd be so bloody excited if you added a carrot into the mix, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and this doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, I need to go and explore with other women in order to become sexually fulfilled. If your decision in the couple is to stay monogamous and, and stay connected to each other and stay uh, with each other, you know, Know, that then basically you can do these things like maybe you explore what it is like to play with kink you know maybe you explore what it's like to play with toys in the bedroom what it does that mean play with kink like kink uh, kinky stuff yeah kinky stuff you know like oh, right. what dressing up and that kind of jazz anything okay. i mean the world is your oyster God, when i was in london a couple of months ago we went to see a play and uh, it was in the sex district of london i don't know where it maybe soho some of the stuff I've seen was just, yeah, it was, it was mind-boggling. But, um, yeah, but that, that's kink also then. makes you uncomfortable. 
Yeah, because this kind of pushes you into that feeling yeah. of being like a little bit, oh God, because this work is a little bit uncomfortable in the beginning, you know, yeah. it's it's awkward, you know, mm. uh, it, because again, it's a similar thing of like expressing your sexuality and expressing your desire in the world. This is your soul talking to yourself, you know, like if you talk about desire, it's like just like gravity. It's this kind of like elemental force in the world. It is present when nothing becomes something in the cosmos think about that for a moment it's insane and so what if your desire just you know because all of us wish to know what the next step is okay all of us want to know where we're going okay and what our life is for what if desire was also a tool to get you there that this deep impulse that you have to live and to thrive in your life is a, is is existing in you and the only way for your essence to contact you is it's through a calling yeah and so here you start to explore and to look at your desires and I don't just mean sexually and suddenly what you're finding is this very deep uh rooted purpose yeah the things that make you alive in your life you know it's teaching you know it's communicating and so these things then that you continue to follow and now this is like suddenly you know uh, you become more connected to why you were living and how you were doing it. I think that what you're saying there, Jen, about uh, communicating. So, you know, life is about relationships. Relationships is about communication. And but when you're communicating, I think if you're going to check in with someone that you're going out with or maybe married to and you're saying what makes you happy, how you, how you feeling the relationship is going and this type of thing, you got to pick uh, an appropriate time to do that. You know, yeah, and because do you know, especially if you're a fella, sorry, Jen, to no, interrupt, no, no, yeah. but especially if you're a man, I'm generalizing here or someone who identifies as a man, I'm just speaking from my experience as a man. I can be quite, uh, what's the word? Not insensitive, unaware of uh, emotions, you know, and say like how my partner girlfriend is feeling and when is a good time to bring up certain things it could be like doing the dishes or it could be something else what well, do you remember last time we were speaking about non-violent communication yeah it's a very powerful tool because generally what happens is we when we speak will put our feelings onto somebody else and so instead of saying things because we're not used to saying this kind of stuff we're not used to saying i'm feeling really vulnerable Mm -hmm. expressing this I'm also feeling disconnected to you and this doesn't mean that I don't love you okay but uh I'm but I'm feeling like this and I want to stay connected to you oh, yeah. so I would like to know how we can do that oh, instead we say mm. you're not doing this you're not doing that I don't feel this you make me feel like this yeah. okay and so watch look at what's happening there okay I you're, I'm saying the same, I'm trying to say the same thing, but one way I'm uh, kind of attacking almost, okay? When you feel attacked, the uh, you automatically will put up a defense mechanism because yeah. your instinct is to protect yourself, safety, okay? And so now how, because ultimately what we're talking about in showing up in this way in a relationship is presence. And to show up with presence is to show up fully conscious and fully uh uh, fully allowing everything that is in your heart to express itself mm -hmm. and 
the thing that you, one of the really nice things that you can always say, I like to use this, uh, actually Bren, Brené Brown, uh, I listened to her and she, she gave me this line and I used it quite a bit. Okay. The story I'm telling myself is, okay. So for example, okay, we're talking about sex a lot here. Okay. For example, say I'm in bed and I want to make love, but, um, my partner doesn't. Okay. And he says, oh, not tonight. You know, I don't feel like it. Okay. Uh, I can have now a reaction to this. And so sometimes I'm going, what the fuck? Why did you want to make love with me? You know, la, 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 la. We haven't made love in over three months, blah, 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 blah. You know? Mm. Now instead I can sit there, pause for a moment and say, okay, the story I'm telling myself is that you don't want to connect to me sexually because you're no longer attracted to me. It makes me feel fat. It makes me feel unattractive. And I'm having a lot of issue, a lot of things coming up with self-confidence right now. And then you give the other person a chance to express. Okay. You can, they can either say that or, or, you know, you can even just say, uh, like you can say this and then you give them another chance to express. Maybe what you find is that the other person like, do you know what? I've actually just had a really stressful day. I had a huge fight with someone in my office or I had to fire someone in my office and I have so much on my mind and my heart feels really, really heavy uh, or something else is happening. You know, you have a lot of things on your mind and they just don't feel like it. Now you're coming to a point of understanding and now you can start to open up the conversation of, well, is there anything that we can do for each other? Maybe, uh, the, maybe it's just holding hands. Yeah. Because I said like sex isn't just about, you know, sexuality is and connection isn't just about sex. Maybe you can stare at each other before you go asleep, or maybe you give each other like two minutes to express what it was like, what your day was like, how you're feeling. And if you want something, yeah, to say like, I would actually just really like a hug. Mm-hmm. you know or you know i'm feeling really bloated and i'd really love for you just to touch my belly mm-hmm. you know and make me like <laughs> feel a little bit more loved you know mm-hmm. and uh, or just tell me that you love me or tell me the things that you find attractive about me and so these are the things then these are the ways that we can start to to kind of keep connection mm-hmm. and also keep energy flowing because ultimately this is what it's about mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah just keeping that that communication going and allowing yourself to be vulnerable yeah because so. the worst thing that you can do mm-hmm. is uh to to have like obligatory sex <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people do this, you know, yeah. men and women, you know, and this is the worst thing that you can do. Hmm. You are like, I, maybe this is a bit extreme, but you're damaging your nervous system. You're numbing out and you're also uh, preventing yourself from really experiencing real pleasure. That's a full blown yes in your body. And you are not giving your partner a gift in any way, shape or form. And actually it's just serving to create more distance between you. And so it's really important that when you're having these conversations and when you're expressing and in connection with each other that you can keep the conversation open where you can say do you know what I just don't feel like having sex right now but uh I would like I I feel comfortable or I would really love to give you the gift of like touching my body for your own pleasure and 
These are the places that you so, can touch. Say that again, you would like to give them the gift. Give them the gift of touching my body. So using my body for your own pleasure. So say, oh, one second, so Jen. So you're in bed with your, with your partner. Yeah. You want to have, I'm not saying theoretically speaking. Come on, come on, yeah. He, you want to have sex, he doesn't. Yeah. And then you would say, or he would no, say. No, he would say. He would say. Yeah. Or say he wants to have sex with me. Yeah. And I go, oh, do you know what? I'm actually feeling really tired. Okay. I'm just coming to, I'm going to like be menstruating in a couple of days. I feel really crampy. And uh, I, that whole area just feels like it doesn't want to be touched right now. Okay. But I'd be so happy for us to, you know, kiss. Or I'd be so happy for you to take my body around my neck, around my breasts, around my abdomen for your, and take it for your own pleasure to do whatever you would like to do um or i would be and i could say even like or i would be willing um to give you a blowjob yeah and so but whatever you're doing you're doing it at like saying it with a full blown yes like this is something you can give this is something you want to give i think i think that the key thing that and that is all sounds very good in theory and i'm mm -hmm. I, and i'm sure it works practically but the delivering that is quite difficult because as you said a moment ago during the uh, the parallels between that and almost like a business deal it's a bit like you know because sometimes it's more comfortable to pick up on instincts from someone and and without speaking and i think that um it's that that would be because so, you're essentially like negotiating yeah. with each other um and, and <laughs> i mean important. but a business is a relationship too the same way every communication yeah. exchanges a relationship and that that without making it sound too clinical um but, but I, this is funny i suppose it takes people, pra practice doesn't this it, is it practice. Practice. and people yeah. talk about this this is about consent okay mm. and people talk about this as like oh it's it takes the spontaneity out of things you know yeah. and actually uh, maybe in the beginning it takes the spontaneity out but if you've ever actually engaged in this way with somebody you can you can you know that maybe this begins like this but now you've got the energy flowing in a way that feels completely correct to both of you yeah that both mm. of you have accepted and also stepped into this and now the energy starts to move and suddenly something else takes over and you are completely from the beginning relaxed engaged connected intimate and this is sometimes the the first step and maybe the only step that you need to begin to initiate then more things happening it doesn't mean that you're limited but this is about like understanding your boundaries what you can have right now or what you do what you can take right now what you can't take right now you know and so uh uh and, and then the world becomes your oyster once you open this up. Ultimately, Kevin, this is about the exchange of giving and receiving in a relationship. So many times one one partner will move into the role of being a giver and the other being a taker. And this generally uh, is kind of, mm, you know, it, it's, it depends on the person as well, like what they're used to, what they've been used to in previous relationships, expectations, all of this kind of stuff comes into a play. However, in a healthy love relationship, people should be giving and receiving I'm not going to say equally, but there should at least be uh, an understanding of what's happening. Sexually, I think I actually spoke about this last time when it comes to the wheel of consent, but sexually, you know, uh, whether you're, whether you're the one giving pleasure right now or whether you're the one taking pleasure, 
Yeah. And when you know this, when you know uh, the structure, then this is where you can start to kind of build things on top of it. Because, you know, I said this, you know, actually, even in the workshop last night, and this is very common with women, you know, you're first with somebody, right? It's the first couple of times you're with them, you're getting all sexual and everything's getting hot and spicy and you guys want to connect because you're attracted to each other and you also want to, you also want to like, you know, give your best, you know, because you're like, (laughs) oh yeah, like I'm like totally sexual. I'm like, we're having great sex together. This means we're really connected. I want to be seen to be doing well and to be doing good because again, we're about achieving or about a goal. So the woman's going to get down there and get all up in there. It's all up in the the grill. Like the penis is going to be everywhere. It's going to be like, I fucking love giving blowjobs, yes? And it's just like, uh, and uh, like complete, and you're all about it, okay? Now, cut forward to a couple of weeks or a couple of months later, and here we go. And the man's like, hey, sexy lady, do you want to give me a blow? And then they're like, oh, no, I don't feel like it. Okay, why has that happened? Why has that happened? Because most of the time, we don't understand, you know, who's giving and who's receiving. Maybe there's an underlying resentment there in the relationship that they're not getting enough yeah and um and so here we have it now uh when we start to talk about this idea of like who's giving who's receiving in the beginning yes there's a lot of negotiation there's a lot of talking around it but after a period of time you really start to understand that everything that you give everything that you take um is a choice and then you suddenly understand it and now you don't need to talk about it anymore because mm. you both have the the structure and you also both have the foundation upon which you can move off of yeah. you know it's like it goes back to what you said about not never feeling obliged to do something but mm. but uh taking a moment to pause and asking why are you doing why are you doing something are you taking or receiving you know mm-hmm. um but yeah once you create that dialogue in your own head you and can the, oh in your own head and this is so important kevin because yeah. you need to do it with yourself first and foremost yeah. and this is why i talk about you know even with orgasms and things like this self-cultivation you know, solo cultivation, because you need to understand what your desires are, what your body is expressing, how it talks to you. And you also really need to understand or uh, really need to to be able to express in the moment your yeses and your noes, mm-hmm. you know, super important. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's also as well. Yeah. Okay. Question time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the first time we've ever done this. This, this is, is co- exciting. This could start like a new trend, which is pretty cool. <laughs> so let me get my phone. All right, so these names are going to remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. And I don't know some of the people, because some, some questions were sent to you. I don't know who they are anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but as said, when we did the promotion for, the, for this episode, names are going to be completely anonymous anyway. So it's just the questions. All right, mm-hmm. you should do this. I'm very excited. <laughs> it feels like there should be some theme music for like question time, but there isn't. Let's get it on. Let's talk about sex, baby. That's a good one. Talk about you and Name the band. Name the band. I don't know. Color Me Bad, I believe. I believe Color Me Bad. All right. Well, the first one isn't actually a question. It's it's. I love Jenny. Can I be her? <laughs> That's actually the question. That's one from this morning. So, uh, be yourself. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Okay. Here's here's a, a good one. What language helps you communicate your sexual needs effectively? Mm, that's a really good question. Okay. There's 
we we kind of spoke that a little bit about that a little bit, but I'm going to say one of the greatest tools that you can do, and it's so simple, is when you're expressing your desires to simultaneously express your fears and your boundaries. Okay, this comes to and and this is this is kind of something that you can sit down and do like uh, with your partner or with somebody else, even with yourself. This is my desire. This is my fear and this is my boundary. And so now you're giving yourself again another structure that you can exist with. Because a lot of the times, often we have a desire and then we also have a fear around that desire. Mm. Yeah. And so now we're beginning to express and communicate everything. Would you like mm. an example? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. <laughs> Okay, my desire Okay, let's go a little bit crazy, okay. I have a desire to make love with two men at the same time. Okay, and you're saying this, say to your partner, you and another man. My fear is that in this I uh won't be able to communicate uh my boundaries and I won't be able to communicate uh when I'm contracting okay mm -hmm. and uh and my boundary with this is that what do you mean you okay. don't go, yeah go, uh go. my boundary is that my the boundary I have is that uh you my boundaries are I'm not penetrated anally mm. okay something like this yeah, maybe that's a bit of a wild one, okay? But um, <laughs> just yeah, every Tuesday evening. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> or Wednesday morning. <laughs> and uh, okay, so now what you're doing here, and, and, and maybe that is too uh, wild. We probably could have picked a better one in terms of um, yeah. But now what you're essentially doing is uh, this is my desire, this is my fear, and now you're expressing to your partner what what your fear around this is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that was good. Yeah. Or like, I have a desire uh, for you to give me a breast massage, but my fear is that it's going to turn into uh, intercourse and I don't want that right now. Mm. Yeah. And that's my boundary. My boundary is no intercourse. Okay. And so now you have this expression around it mm. where now you can fully sit into the pleasure of your desire without the fear because now it's expressed okay yeah. and because oftentimes the fear around our desire stops us from going there mm. yeah and you can do this with yourself as well you know write, write this down you know write down your desire write down your fear you know like my desire is to uh touch myself my fear is that i'm going to uh become like a, a goal orientated around having to achieve an orgasm and if I don't I'm going to feel self-worth you know rejection all of this kind of even within myself and then your whatever your boundary is mm -hmm. great second question what helps you mute shameful feelings after receiving pleasure mm. Okay. Uh, this, when it comes to shame and sexuality, it's such a big topic and this can go in so many different directions. 
One of the first things that I will say around shame is that this is why it is so important to develop a solo practice because when you meet your emotion and you meet your kind of thoughts and you meet your shames, you can take a moment to pause and in that pause, give yourself some space to feel it, Mm -hmm. to allow it to come up. You know, Um, because I always say this, you know, even in yoga, when you give anything room, it also now has room to move and also now has room to transform. And so, uh, you know, one of the biggest things around uh, shame is, first of all, acknowledging it. Yeah. And now uh, then having the desire to uh, like purify it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and and then to replace it with something else, like in terms of like body image, you know, even to, like we have a lot of shame around our body. It prevents a lot of women like uh, from really enjoying fully uh, sexual interactions, even with themselves. You know, a lot of the things like that, ter- like when women are to kind of stop uh, wanting to have sex because they feel bad about their bodies in some way, you know, they don't feel sexy anymore. And again, this is what I'm talking about. Like these desires like are hijacked, you know, we're taught like what sexy is supposed to look like and then when we feel anything but that we feel worthless you Mm -hmm. know and so now it's beginning to like recognize this and then re-establish a connection solo practice and solo cultivation is so important in this area yeah Mm. that's one of the first things that's really good what is your favorite song to dance to Do you know, I always said that uh, on my funeral, I want to have Queen playing Don't Stop Me Now. That's like my favorite <laughs> Bit late <song>. then, <laughs> when you're brown bread. Or uh, really, I don't know, we'll uh, talk about maybe, yoga. Oh, that, could, that could be just the beginning. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, that's a good one. Uh, even though I got, yeah, it doesn't matter what my opinion is on Queen. Okay, let's <laughs> carry with the questions. Uh, shut up, Kevin, do your job. Where did you first come across Tantra and where have you trained in it? just discovered it this year okay so okay first of all uh this question could probably go on for an hour okay maybe longer um but since we're talking a lot to do with sexuality and tantra i spoke in the last episode with you about tantra really like kind of like more from the esoteric the esoteric level of it you know Mm -hmm. and so tantra isn't just about sex yeah but tantra is the path of ecstasy Okay. Tantra is, um, it, you know, how can you fully open yourself to pleasure, this love intoxicated path to living your life. And so this isn't just about sex. I hope people now really understand that. Um, so when it comes to Tantra and practicing and all this kind of stuff, that there's so many different places that you can go to and different things. There is the traditional Tantra, which is what I was saying to you earlier. You know, it's the and also people were coming to my yoga classes. They they I speak about this here. So there's the tantric yoga. Okay, tantric yoga is like the science of of yoga. And it, you know, its beginnings are are rooted in in hatha, traditional hatha yoga. And then it moves to traditional kundalini, which is not kundalini by Yogi Bhajan, it's different, yeah. And so then we have then this on uh, there's also bhakti yoga in this as well. And then we have like and there's loads of other and then we have the umbrella of tantra, which is everything all together, okay? So now that's one way of talking about it. Now we 
we can talk about different practices that express themselves in different levels. So Osho is uh, something that people do an awful lot of and talk about in terms of the world of Tantra. This is very much uh, moving towards practices of like Neo-Tantra. Then we have Taoist practices, which is also people are kind of combining this as like um, uh, the the Tao Tantric arts, you know, and these are combining uh, these systems. And so even if we were to talk about Osho, it's very, in, it's very, uh, you know, important to understand. Um, first of all, what is your goal? Okay, because the ultimate goal of Tantra is to ultimately merge with the divine consciousness. Okay. And so this is maybe like dying into the heart of Shiva, okay? Uh, and, and I talk about Shiva because it's from the tradition. Um, or into the heart of God or God consciousness, whatever this is for you. Completely submerging, where you lose yourself entirely, okay? That's what we talk about, like, and then, so then we have different ways to move towards this, okay? We have loads of different practices. On um, a sexual level, you can move now towards the sexual tantra as a path towards this. And uh, it, I mean, there's there's kind of traps on any level. Yeah. If we talk about, you know, if we look at Zen Buddhism, it's also a similar trajectory in terms of dissolving into ultimate consciousness. But now this path is expressing itself, maybe not in Swadhisthana, but now in Manipura. And so I think about Zen Buddhism, it's about discipline, you know, it's about, uh, there's this kind of um, straightness to it. Yeah. Uh, and also this kind of um, detail, yeah, this kind of like very, like a lot of detail around it. It's very much about discipline. Then we talk about Christianity, which is very much about, and we talk about Jesus Christ in, in particular. Mm -hmm. This is the path to the same, the same goal, but now this is expressing itself at the level of Anahata. And so here we have, um, uh, this is why they talk about the, the, the heart of Jesus and the sacred heart and all of this kind of stuff. And then we can go up and up and up. So sexual tantra then, uh, yeah, Am I answering the question or am I going on a no, tangent? No, not really. Oh dear. Okay. Well, wait, tell me the question again. I've gone on a tangent. <laughs> you, got on a tangent. You, got, you got excited. I not, did. Not sexually. You got excited and you're an awful one. Uh, so, <laughs> which is good. It means okay. you love tantra. So it was, <laughs> where did you first come across tantra oh, okay, and where sorry, did you train okay. it? Completely didn't answer the question. I'm going to do a Jane Paxman. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll ask you one more time. Come back to the question there. Yeah. Okay. Where did I first learn it? I mean, for me, it was probably, I, I started to discover it maybe around six years ago. It was when I started to look uh, into um, healing my womb. Mm. And I think I spoke about this in the first episode, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so this is where I started to become uh, very interested in this. So finding, finding different ways to work and cultivate health in my yoni. Um, and so this was using like sexual practices, like Taoist practices, the tantric practices, um, mostly uh, neo-tantra at that time. And I mean, in terms of studying, I've studied with an awful lot of people all around the world. I kind of designed my own um, path because I I wanted to learn very specific things. And okay, so where I mean, the Osho community is a, a huge pit. There's particular teachers in there that I would have went to from Thailand, like so many that I don't know if I could name all of them. And uh, then. Um, 
uh, studying at uh, therapeutic tantric massage, which is all working into the nervous system. Um, and then, as I said, then as well, it's like also the practice of Hatha yoga and then uh, also astrology and then also uh, Kundalini. Mm. And yeah, so, I mean, there's, uh, you can, there's, there's so many different places you can go to for all of this. Um, and, and, you know, actually I said this to you earlier, I could, I, sometimes I get very, uh, I'm, f I, I kind of pull back a little bit from advising people where to go mm -hmm. because there's so many places. And what I would say to somebody is that first and foremost, they should be asking their own heart. So I have never asked anyone where to go, but I have known what it is that I've wanted to learn or study or discover. And I put it into my heart and just literally like kind of send it out to the cosmos. Mm -hmm. And I fully trust that I will be led exactly where I'm supposed to go. And I say this very specifically to people because unless, like I can tell people where to go and say, go here, go here, go here. Uh, but unless your heart is calling you in that direction, you can go there, spend all the money that you want. And actually it's not, you're not in the moment to, to really uh, take the full benefit of what it is that mm -hmm. you're, you're going there, you mm -hmm. know? And so it's like to drop expectations, to drop again this need to be like, oh, like I need to know this, the kind of grasping, you know, um, or following someone else's path and instead like really finding your own. Mm -hmm. uh, like when people talk to me one-on-one, -on -one, I generally like get a feeling, you know, if I'm, so, I'll get like a feeling in my chest, like, or an image will come up of someone's face or a name that I know and be like, oh, you should go here you know, and do this. Mm -hmm. uh, and until I get that, I'm f I, f I also like very much hold back, you mm -hmm. know, in terms of like giving like general advice, you know, yeah. it's also because, you know, you get this stuff like even with, you know, talking about in terms of like, uh, relationships and like this kind of sexual advice it's like one one thing fits all and it's like oh you're not having you're having a sex sexless relationship well you should create a, a date a sex date you know and it's like this is like something that's very much in magazines or you kind of hear like kind mm -hmm. of sex coaches and all this kind of stuff would say is kind of a one thing fits all but uh in fact, like now it's to become like, it's to really become more nuanced, nuanced in what it is. What does your relationship look like? Mm. What have you experienced? What has your partner experienced recently? Because maybe your nervous system actually can't handle a sex day right now. And in fact, this will create more pressure and all of this stuff. So now I've gone on a tangent again. Sex, sex day or sex date? Sex date. Okay. Cause I mean, day, Kevin, a day's, date. A, day's a bit much, you know, got, know, got stuff to do. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Just, just add a bit of comic value. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. No, that was, that was a good, that was good. You asked the question and you gave a bit extra, okay. which is always good. Oh uh, God, I need to like muzzle on my mouth sometimes. <laughs> Wait, what, is it? <laughs> what are you doing in your own time? Right, right. Okay. So now two more, two more, two more questions. Okay. Um, I Ooh, okay. Right. I just had a baby. When should I start feeling like I want to have sex again? <gasps> okay. Wow. So amazing question. Okay. I'm so excited this question was asked because I say this a lot and I would like every woman in the world to know this. Okay. When it comes to being postpartum, um, first of all, it's to like, uh, you know, 
this is when people will generally tell you like, I haven't had sex with my partner. It's been two years, you know, because suddenly they go into this rhythm. What happens when you have a baby? Okay. The mother, okay. And I'm going to say this generally, like as a a relation, I understand there's other types of relationships out there, you know, different genders and everything like this. And I'm going to express this now in a relationship that's a man and a woman and, uh, and where the woman is the primary caregiver, because generally in a relationship, one person becomes the primary caregiver of the newborn baby. Okay. So now think about this, right? The woman is at home with the baby and, uh, and the baby is like, you know, so close to you. It's Mm. you're constantly touching the baby. The baby is like mostly around your breast area. And so your, your contact, your hearer is staring at the baby. It's like, and the baby is staring at you. And, and think about the smell of the baby, the way they smell. Like sometimes you just want to smell newborn so much because the smell is amazing and how soft their skin is. It's like everything becomes so sensual in this moment. And, and there's a a huge amount of contact happening. And so what's happening and I'm like, think about this, you know, this is how you generally are with your partner in the beginning, you know, where you're like, can't get away from each other. You're mm. constantly, you're up close and some in their face, you're staring at them. You're constantly you're like, exploring. I love body. you so much. I could yeah. eat you. Yeah, you know that kind of, exactly. Yeah. And this is not like literally that sensuality. Sensuality doesn't mean sex and doesn't mean sexuality. It means to be sensor, sensate, to feel sensational. Yeah. And so now the mother's body is flooded with oxytocin. So much so that at mm. the end of the day, so the man comes home. I'm going to just say this very generally. Okay. Yeah, the man okay. comes home. And now it's not that she doesn't want to have sex, it's that she doesn't need it. How important is that to hear? It's not that she doesn't want it, it's just that she doesn't need it. Because now she's like touched out. She has had her fill of all of this. Okay. And so it's really, really important to understand that one person in the in the relationship, their focus is on caring for the baby. Okay. Therefore, the part the other partner, their focus needs to be on taking the focus. The, taking the partner's focus away from the baby and bringing it back into the relationship. Now, generally what you'll find is people, first of all, don't really understand this. And so the man just thinks, oh, this is what happens in a relationship, you know, after the baby, because they're told this, okay? And uh, and they're not told what's happening behind that. And so they basically they decide, you know, this is, this is normal and they just put up with it, okay? And they also as well don't do... Uh, enough, let's say, to bring the focus back into their relationship because they don't, also they don't want to be rejected, you know, and all of this kind of stuff. And I'll talk about this in a minute in terms of men and humiliation. Okay. And, um, uh, and then also we have then the, the woman who, 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 when she is away from the baby, there's very much this guilt. Yeah. That's expressed around now. Mm. And it's like, you know, where it's like, oh, but they feel guilty about being away from the baby because they're not putting their attention on them. And they also feel um, uh, kind of guilty uh, in terms of, you know, taking pleasure for themselves. Okay. Now this becomes very important in discussing um, and saying, you know, this is just as vital 
and necessary to maintaining a healthy family environment for this child to grow up in if you want to continue to stay together. And so this is just as necessary now. This is just as vital. And it's also for men to understand as well in this in this scenario that like again, sexuality and doesn't necessarily and, and connecting doesn't necessarily mean sex. Mm. So maybe it's like saying, hey honey, I've run you a bath and you have the bath set out with candles and it's like she sits in the bath and you can like wash her or you can read to her and so here you're still encouraging the connection and then eventually then you'll you'll start to find then that your libido and this like feeling of connection and intimacy will start to come back very naturally you know but I always say this to women, you know, because it's so bloody important, you know. Yeah. It's not just black or white. There is a middle ground there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And again, also this is very tender as well. Like, you know, these cases we have to also talk about individually as well. It's so important to like reach out to people, you know, in this area as well. Like uh, like I talk to to men and women separately and also um, in relationships like and, you know, it, it, like giving people counsel. Yeah, like and tips mm-hmm. is like, you know, coaching, you know, mm. intimate intimacy coaching, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's very important to understand this, like on a kind of an uh, an in, uh, uh, an individual basis, because maybe you've had a traumatic birth, you know, mm. and then we talk about sexuality and trauma. And then this is kind of a different thing altogether then, you know. Well, actually, this is the, the, the question. Next question. Um, I recently experienced a sexual trauma and I'm struggling with connecting with anyone, even myself. Do you have any advice around this? Wow. Okay. First of all, thank you so much for asking that question. Um, yeah, for being brave to ask that question. I mean, this is, uh, this is really, really important. And so when we talk about, uh, sexual sexuality and trauma, one of the first things that we need to look at is first of all to acknowledge what has happened and then to have a desire for thriving yeah so to realize okay this happened uh, whatever it is and this does just this let's just say this doesn't just have to be around rape this can also be around um emotional abuse this can also be around a birth trauma and everything like this first of all to acknowledge that something has happened in the uh, something has happened then to have a desire for thriving to recognize okay i'm numbing out I'm disassociating, um, I'm pulling back and away and I'm completely disconnected from myself. But my desire is to reestablish that connection. When it comes to trauma, it's very important to talk about the thing that's happening, you know, at a physical level where ultimately it's about trust. Okay. So when we experience a trauma, we can sometimes experience a distrust with everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. so suddenly we don't trust other people and also we don't trust ourselves okay our body no longer trusts us to keep it safe okay this is a huge thing when it comes to trauma and so the first thing is then about establishing trust and so now it's like this very simple thing of like okay what would because there's a gap now okay so what does 
bridging the gap look like? And bridging the gap looks like uh, cultivating trust within yourself first. Mm. And this is super important, you know, beyond any practices that you can do there. And there's amazing practices that you can do um, for releasing trauma from the body, whether it's T or E or whether it's kind of the Osho has a, has a lot of uh, very beautiful practices for releasing trauma as well. And there's other there's so many other ones. Um, but if you don't have trust, then all of the practices and all of the things on top of this don't matter because you need to. Uh, ultimately, and, and this is why solo cultivation is important because you're strengthening and rewiring the neuro pathways. Yeah, once again. And so here you're starting to change your relationship, the relationship that you have right now with between yourself um, and, and cultivating an environment that is healthy and also uh, encourages growth. Yeah. And then you start to apply the practices you know, mm -hmm. that you can do then. Because otherwise, I don't know if you've heard about this concept, otherwise it's about like spiritual bypassing, you know? And then uh, and then this is like where you you kind of just go into delusion, you know, where you think everything is fine. And then a couple of years time or whatever, things come back, you mm -hmm. know? And so really it's about, you know, this is the, the primary wound is, 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 is that uh, there's a distrust now, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's the first thing to look at. But, um that's a great answer um is um you just to finish on the on the question answer thing you just mentioned you referenced it and then you said you're going to talk about it afterwards was um shame and what well, wasn't ridicule oh word, humiliation humiliation in what, men what did you mean by that this is in men yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay mm, okay so this is super important okay I'm wondering how far I can go back. How much time do we have, Kevin? <laughs> well, I'm good. I'm good for time. I've got to go to photo shoot, but I'm not going to bother. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> photo shoot. Yeah, I know. It sounds like right punts, don't I? I love but, that. No, no, it's uh, great. But yeah, so I'm not going to. Okay, know. okay. But, so so I, I've got time if you have. Yeah, I have time, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, because these are really important topics for men, huh? Um, also because maybe we spend a lot of time talking about women and this is so important to kind of discuss this from a man's side as well, you know, um, because just as much as I say that like, women are experiencing all of these things like when it comes to self-doubt and like uh, mm. self-depreciation depression and anxiety and a lack of kind of like this lackluster for life you know men are experiencing it just as much as us you know um and right i'm gonna ask you a question okay what when it comes to a woman yeah what is your biggest turn on when you're sexually intimate with a woman? Or is that too intimate for you? No, I can do that. Um, what's my biggest turn on when I'm intimate with a woman? To know that she's confident in herself, uh, her body, mm -hmm. and uh, her, and how she carries herself. That would be, I think that's why someone who can dance, for example, is probably so attractive. Mm -hmm. Or someone who, um, the way they stand, where they hold themselves, the way, yeah. they, look, the way they look at you. I think that gives you an indication as to how comfortable they are with their with themselves, and so that is, I'd say, the, the most attractive thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. 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 Okay, because this is actually the answer that you'll find a lot of men have. So, 
a man's biggest turn on is to know that a woman is enjoying it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, think about it. Like, when a woman is fully enjoying herself, like, how mm. does it make you feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. When you ask women this, you won't get that answer. Oh, my f- biggest turn on is when a man is fully enjoying himself. What would I say? Huh? What, what, what will women say? Oh, I mean, let's ask women. But uh, uh, there, there's different answers. But it, it, you like maybe, maybe some women will say this. Okay. But it really, it's not so much about this. It's not like to see a man in pleasure. Okay, won't be one of the first things that they say. Okay, and this is because of the difference between men and women. Okay, mm. so now we come then towards this very important. Uh, distinction between men and women when it comes to sexuality the reason a man is saying this is to do with the fear of being a predator okay this is a fear Hmm. that a lot of men have unconsciously okay so when when you are saying you know it's to you know see a woman fully embodied fully enjoying herself what they're actually saying is Now I know that I'm not hurting her. And I know that I am not in an act of violence, but in an act of delight. Right. Okay. There's also another level to this as well, where actually men are taken in on the pleasure waves of a woman. Okay. And so when this happens, a man actually then can last longer in terms of like, uh, 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 in terms of, ejaculation and so you're beginning to ride these waves okay it generally takes way longer for a woman (laughs) to become fully pleasured uh, than it does for a man to become active and so when you're when you're kind of like uh, seeing a woman in full waves of pleasure this is where you kind of like ride onto her waves now as well okay Mm -hmm. so when it comes to this uh, and, and essentially now what you're saying is like, and the only way really that um, a man uh, has an indication of this is, is by virtue, you know, it's like, I know that I'm not hurting you by virtue of your response to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so this is why these kind of like, you know, sounds and these cues, like watching a woman, like move her body underneath you or even above you, where it's like, oh yes, you know, or like feeling like having the, the verbal confirmation of moaning or or talking, you know, uh, becomes really, really important. A woman, um, her, it's her biggest turn on is when she is the turn on. Mm. Okay. And in order for this to take place, it is, uh, to allow the woman to have the space to relax into her pleasure, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and that's like meaning like to go slower or to go quicker, you know? And so it's this really this driving, you know, that happens between two people. Now, when we talk about uh, this being like one of the fears in terms of this, we're also talking about shaming, okay? I'm talking about this right now because even, you know, you have in this world the the whole thing of like the rise of the feminine, mm and the matriarchy and the, <laughs> the, you know, the decrease or the, the dissolution of the patriarchy. Okay. I think these bullshit, these, uh, these, these, these concepts in many ways, how people are discussing them are, you know, uh, excuse my language, bullshit. 
Well, you've I, already said fuck, so. Yeah, have I? Have yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so go on. Okay. Yeah, no, that's anatomical. But go on. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, um, and, and you know, this is because uh, this is, it's, but when when this kind of when this started happening, mm. you know, in in the in women's work and things like this, when I was in it, I was kind of like, "What is this? Like, what are people talking about when they talk about the patriarchy needs to fall? You know, and like, what what does the matriarchy look like? What system is that? Now, if you look uh, at people, most of the time, people just kind of jump on the bandwagon of all of this, okay, and they go like, "Yes, you know, rise of the feminine," and in many ways, yes, it's true. You know, we look at the the pay the kind of wage gap we also look as well at kind of like the orgasm gap you know <laughs> where like you know women are not you know i think it's like 60 percent of women are orgasming you know sexually like as opposed to like you know whatever 90 percent mm. of men you know and so uh, we even have like this orgasm gap so it is important to to look at these things and these things are also important to to express you know and openly in culture but i think how they're being expressed is really really detrimental um to the men in society okay because here we have even movements like me too okay which became very important about giving a voice to women but in the way that it was done my goodness it was just i remember this happening and watching it from the sidelines and just being kind of like oh jesus like if people understood the first thing about what it was to be like in in feminine energy you know it's it's not this you know when you look at the patriarchy you have uh, a really good uh, psychologist that's talking about it and saying that you can either be powerful or you can be connected do you know the psychologist's name i can't I'm remember Charles. it okay. now no uh, i'll look it up and tell you afterwards yeah. um but you can either be powerful or you can be connected, but you can't be both. Mm. And now we look at the system of the matriarchy. The system of the matriarchy is the, exact, is the exact same. You can either be powerful or you can be connected, but you can't be both. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so now what people are doing is talking about like replacing one system with another. Okay. Whereas now before we were kind of like suppressing the, the, the woman in society. And now with the rise of the feminine, at least how it's being discussed now, there's this like talk about like suppressing the man, you mm -hmm. know, silencing them. And with the, with the thing about me too, is that we had, you know, a many, many women come out, um, on social media and say, yes, like this happened to me. And this is important. You know, expression is important around this, but how you do it. And I think because it was on social media, there is ultimately this kind of sense of grit and grime around it, you know. And this now I might tell you is not about me judging, like, you know, being like, oh, these people did that and that's a terrible thing to do. You know, this is actually just an energy. If you also look about what's happening in kind of like the scriptures and stuff, all of this is actually written. It's called Kali Yoga. And, uh, and so when you understand this, you can kind of just see it all as the divine play, you know, of Shiva or whatever you want to call it the Leela. And so, uh, but it, for me, it's very important then to, to kind of interject like another kind of way of looking at it and to say like, Hey, when this is happening, can you step back for a second and ask yourself these very simple questions? What is the matriarchy? Mm. What does it look like? And with what you're trying to achieve, is there a better way to do it? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. because with all of this, what I found, and I was uh, talking to men around this time when all of this was happening, I was like, you know, how do you, how does this make you feel? And what you find is you have women looking at past, uh, past interactions, you know, from 10 years ago or previous under a different scrutiny. Yeah. With a different language. 10 years ago, we weren't talking about consent. 
you know. And so what ended up happening from the male perspective is there was this huge amount of shame and this huge amount of guilt mm-hmm. and worry, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus, I remember speaking to some men and it was like their worry was, I, I, I just, I wonder, did I do this, you know. I wonder, did, did, uh, yeah, I wonder, did I do this? I wonder, did I hurt somebody? Yeah. You know, um, and and ultimately because, you know, unless we're kind of psychopaths, we don't have a desire for this. But also it's, as well, a lot of men uh, desire status. Uh, and if you're thought of someone who's a predator, it, say you put your hand on someone's shoulder one uh, 10 years ago, and now all of a sudden that's a me too, yeah. your status is diminished forever. This is it, you know, and it that movement ruined so many lives and then created so much fear around other men. Even now, you know, and these are conversations we needed to have, you know, we needed to talk about consent. We needed to talk about correct type of touch. But I think uh, the way that it happened, you know, really perpetuated really what is the greatest fear among men shame and guilt mm. and so now what happens right sexually okay now a man is moving into us okay and their lingam this pillar of light they're they're literally inside of us yes projecting you know and penetrating us with this underlying whether it's unconscious or not it's out there in the atmosphere yeah underlying um sense of of guilt and shame and now this is in us and now at an, a subconscious level we experience this and then this increases in us even more where we start to then perpetuate and even create like a stronger energetic hold around these things that are happening right now you know where it's like violation and and uh, all of this kind of stuff and so I this is when it comes to humiliation you know one of the biggest turnoffs for a man is is to feel humiliated you know and you know we have this in relationships too like so so it, it, I, it, so interestingly like where you'll you'll find over a period of time where sometimes it's just this, like these kind of things of like these jabs oh, you know, yeah. or little jibs of like putting a man down. Oh yeah. I mean, look at, look at, look at the most popular TV shows that have lost the Simpsons, the family guy, uh, married with kids, uh, married kids, married children, whatever that TV show is called. A lot of the time the husband is the buffoon. Mm. He's the idiot. And then this, this is a, 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 a pattern you see in a lot of um, popular TV shows. The, the husband is reliable, but he's lazy or he's stupid or he says things that are dumb and he becomes the butt of the jokes. And it's okay because he's physically stronger than the woman. He he is, so he can't be, um, you know, violated uh, physically, mm-hmm. but he can emotionally through words. Yeah. And um, no, I, I've definitely um, experienced that myself. Sometimes myself. physically as well. Sometimes let's, physically true. Yeah. Say that God, as well. I, I, I had a friend who was actually a, a professional, um, well, he's an MMA fighter and he was physically abused by his girlfriend. I couldn't believe it. And this mm-hmm. guy beats people up for a living, yeah. um, but he just could never be physical with her because he loved her. It's really weird. I'd never, so, so that does happen. But, but as speaking from firsthand experience, I mean, I've been in relationships in the past where you'll notice they may say like, Oh, shut up, you idiot. And you think, Oh, okay. That's a bit. Uh, and it's said jokingly. And the first time you hear that, you're like, right. Okay. That's kind of unusual. You laugh off, but the, it, and it normally doesn't get better. These jabs come in and then they start doing the jabs maybe in front of other people. Or and and this is something that um, I, again I've experienced firsthand. 
And, uh, but I think some people let this happen and they end up being married to this person and they're like the, the, the stupid husband that, and it, obviously I, I'm sure it can work the same for women as well. But I think for men, uh, speaking as a man, it's a lot more damaging because uh, I was only talking about this recently, you know, um, middle-aged men are very susceptible to committing suicide, especially after losing a job or losing their ability to support their family. And I can completely understand that because it's, it, it's humiliate, humiliating, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, so. and th- and you know it's uh, and that's what I said. Like you know, think about this. We don't. We have a word for you know emasculating the man. Yeah. We don't have that in the others in the other way. Feminating. Very true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So and also as well, this comes down. There's so many different ways to talk about this, Kevin. And again, this is like another podcast entirely. Yeah. But it's like uh, here, it's uh, at a fundamental level, we're talking about power play here as well. You know, mm. and power play is also important, you know, it's part of like playfulness and the game, you know, but there's also a way that can you can do this and start to like encourage it in a way that is actually healthy for both people, mm. you know, but you know, this isn't about like, you know, one person being right and one person being wrong and this mm-hmm. being bad and now I'm a bad person, you know, when we discuss all of these things, it's really important to to not be feeling that it's just to be like, okay, whoa, I never thought about that before. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm curious, you know, and now it's like trying to find a different way of engaging, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's uh, really important that we talk about this because, you know, when we talk about like, you know, women and all this kind of stuff and we say like, oh, we've been silenced for so long to recognize, hey, this is happening on the other side. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I I think. What? What masculinity looks like right now, it's changing mm-hmm. so quickly. What femininity looks like right now is changing. And so when people are talking about like, you know, patriarchy, matriarchy and all of this kind of stuff, the rise of the feminine, you know, what my question is like, what does wholeness look like? Yeah. What does it look like to be powerful and connected at the same time? And uh, and I think that requires, you know, uh, first of all, curiosity and an interest and then like, you know, uh, a willingness to kind of explore, you know, and to be open and to be sharing your heart all of the time and saying, I feel like this, you know, even, you know, as someone who's been humiliated to, or even as just as a little quip, you know, it's mm. like first time it happens. Okay. Maybe you let it slide. Second time it happens. It's like, Hey, do you know what? Like when you said this, it made me feel like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I want you to, and I want you to know that, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's like to openly have that communication and, uh, and then maybe it's like, oh, I was just making a joke. And then it's like, okay, well, is there a better way that we could have fun mm-hmm, and be yeah. playful together? You know, that's uh yeah, actually on, on that, on the, on the questions we got, not one question from a fella. Oh, ladies. So, yeah, yeah. so next time we do this podcast, uh, and hopefully we'll get some a mix of questions yeah, yeah, from fellas yeah. and ladies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe it's also because I mostly talk about women's stuff. Anyway, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but serious, still, so. I mean, men, it'd yeah. be good for men to be interested. I do also work with men as well, and it's so, so important. You know, yeah. I've met so many men who, um, uh, I mostly work privately with them, and I've only mostly done it in Thailand. Um, and yeah, working with men with a lot of, uh, issues around sexuality and you know around like premature ejaculation or simply not being able to get an erection and just the same as women are told with all of these things like oh just go on the pill you know men are just like hey go on the pill you know and there's a whole lot of shame around this you know around Mm -hmm. like you know again the, the masculine side also as well like how are they how is it 
you know, it's so important to allow men a space to be emotional and mm -hmm. to express their emotions, you know. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like very, very powerful work. You know, sometimes it's just, you know, someone comes in um, for a session and it's like we end up uh, uh, just holding, you know, like holding someone in that space mm -hmm. where it's like you're being cared for, you're being listened mm -hmm. to. And uh, and yeah, it's, you know, we as women are very good at holding that space, mm. you know, because, you know, when I say like that, you know, when you talk about men and their desire to be the provider and all of this kind of stuff, women, our inclination is towards fostering, you know, whether that's like fostering a baby or a soul or whether that's fostering a family or whether that's fostering community. Mm. We're built around community. We're built around uh uh, connection you know when we want to cultivate that I mean nowadays we have like you know this whole thing about like striving towards success and all that kind of stuff and then a lot of women moving away from all of this and suddenly finding themselves again lonely you mm -hmm. know like not having that community and this is really what we where we thrive you know in these environments and so it's very beautiful for us you know when we've also done our own work you know that we can then begin to open up space for other people to come and sit you know and just be well speaking of that uh, the next time we do this which i'd say would be in an, about christmas time <laughs> we should do a live event <gasps> as in like a live audience really i think so oh, that would be yeah. really exciting yeah definitely because yeah um yeah so um, can we have someone uh just on the sideline to be like jenny you haven't answered the question you're going <laughs> off on a tangent a referee. <laughs> <laughs> i just blow a whistle <laughs> and then like the question is asked again <laughs> uh, no we should definitely do that though i definitely do so mm. um so thanks so much jenny yeah. um hey maybe could we finish off with like something that somebody could do every single day like okay. as a practice like to take pleasure as a practice in their life okay jenny what could people do every day as a practice in their life <laughs> to take pleasure as a practice to take pleasure practice. that's what i meant to say yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay well let's do it together right now okay and so this is very simple it can be done everywhere okay uh and just very gently start by I just had this vision of like most like likely people on a bus right now or like going to work. Just take a moment right now, wherever you are, to look around, okay? And look at people's faces, okay? Generally, people's faces are withdrawn. Their head is down, whether it's either in a phone or just looking at the ground. Um, uh, or else they're, they're looking forward and they're very much going towards something with a purpose, okay? It's so important that when you start to take pleasure as a practice into your life that it's just very simple okay so you can begin first of all by closing your eyes you know and ultimately this is really the moments that make your life full you know noticing very simple things and so as you close your eyes allowing your breath to become gentle to become easy maybe just exhaling through the mouth do that kevin <laughs> really nice. yeah really nice you can do that a couple more times and then very simply just begin to notice a part of the body that feels good and maybe it doesn't even have to feel good but maybe just a part that feels neutral okay like right now my chest feels very spacious and open and so feeling into that sensation, breathe in, 
And again, allowing that part of you to expand and then exhaling. And then keeping your attention here, you can do this for a couple of times, and then keeping your attention here, very gently just begin to open your eyes and just start to look around wherever you are and maybe noticing something. Something that you're attracted to. And so right now, I'm looking at the light outside the window and the clouds. And then it's starting to feel how, or to notice how that makes you feel. And so I'm looking at the clouds and feeling also very much now a softness and like a sensation of warmth, you know, because it's very bright outside. And now with this sensation, it's just noticing what do you want to do next? And allow yourself to go there. This could be something very simple as smiling or even just putting your hand on your heart. That's what I want to do. Or even just noticing that you're now holding your hands and maybe your thumb is rubbing your, the palm. Yeah, and I'm saying this because I could see you doing it or your thumbs are rubbing together. Mm. Yeah. And so this becomes a very simple way to take pleasure in, to, like in, into your body. Yeah. And it's something that you can do really easily all of the time. And so it's nice to set an alarm on your phone. You know, I like to work with like angel hours, like 11, 11, you know, and this kind of stuff. And then the alarm rings and it's just like, okay, you know, pleasure time for mm. a moment, you know, mm. and so now you're starting to cultivate the pleasure as a practice, mm. you know, and it's so important because, you know, you can hear all of this stuff and be inspired by little bits and pieces and be very excited. But if you don't take it as a practice, then you'll, in the next couple of days, you'll just go back into the pattern and habit of living as you normally live. You know, mm. this is about changing patterns. Yeah. So yeah. Jenny. There we go. Amazing as always. Thank you. Ah, oh, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> People want to find you. It's hello, Jenny Keen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just Great. keep me at Instagram for the moment because it's nice there. <laughs> nice one. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it with your friends on your IG stories and leave a review on iTunes. I've got 77 five-star reviews now, which is unbelievable. And I've just figured out I know how to reply to people who've left me nice reviews. So I'm going to get around to that uh, this week. So thank you all for your lovely reviews. If you'd like to come to an event, a live podcast, the next one is this Saturday. So that's October 5th with The Patrick Beach, the man, the myth, the legend himself in Yoga Hub Camden Court. And then in December, I've got a handstand workshop in Salt and Soul in Sligo. That's December 14th, which is a Saturday afternoon. All information can be found on kevinboyyoga.ie. Thanks as always for listening. This podcast was brought to you by Small Changes, organic eco-friendly store here in Dublin, producing whole foods and products for your household. Uh, they believe in a zero waste ethos. So if you'd like to go in and buy some stuff from them, you can visit them in Drumcondra. Feel free to tell them that Kevin sent you if you like. Hope you enjoyed that podcast. There's plenty more of them to come and I'll catch up with you next week.